Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody Award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody. Great to have you with us. Another great day in America. I hope it's a great day for you wherever you are. I'm grateful you've chosen to spend some of your time today with us here on the Great America Show. Let me be among the first to say it out loud. We're now officially in the political season, the silly season, some used to call it, but no more. There is still a lot of silliness, mind you, that goes on in most of the campaigns, whether local, county, state, or federal. But there's simply too much at stake now. The issues are just too important to the nation's future to think of the political season as anything other than critically serious. That doesn't mean we have to be somber about it all, though that too can be tempting. It does mean, however, we have to take note of the serious ramifications of whatever political and election choices we make this year. Our guest today is a remarkable person who I've been eager to meet. Our guest today is truly a charismatic political figure and obviously a winner, also a veteran, also a Marine. With us today, the Lieutenant Governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, Winsome Sears. Welcome to the Great America Show, Governor. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. My voice is a little hoarse. I just came down from the Senate and all my, almost lost my voice up there because, you know, I preside every day. So we're out now. We're home for the weekend. Well, good for you. And we appreciate you taking the time and we won't uh, uh, impose on you too long. Uh, I want to start with uh, first uh, the Virginia Attorney General making news and joining the parent suit against the Loudoun school mask mandate, uh, filing a motion to join the lawsuit. Uh, for defying Governor Glenn Youngkin's uh, executive order allowing parents to opt out of school mask mandates. Again, the governor, the attorney general, and you doing exactly of what you told the voters to expect. Your thoughts? And you, Yeah, you see, this is it. When we were campaigning, uh, all three of us, Glenn Youngkin, myself, and our new attorney general, Jason Miares, we told the people, this is what we believe. And most of it was, of course, it's what the parents wanted. God forbid that government should give the parents the opportunity to make choices for their own children. You know, what a concept. So here it is, we've won and we're trying to fulfill those promises. And it seems that we get turned away at every you know, point. So, you know, we're just moving forward. It's going through the court system where the governor made an executive order that parents will determine whether or not they want their children to wear a mask. You know, we've found that for some, uh, most of the children, they're suffering. You know, they can't breathe half of the time. 
they're they're touching the masks all the time, so it's just getting filled with germs. And for the younger kids, that you can't really see the formation of the the letters, you know, the vowels. And and speech pathologists have told us that there are some issues with that. So let the parents decide. And um, some of the school boards have said, you know, no, they're not going to do that. And and had certain parents, you know, um, make uh, uh, go to court about it. So. We're going to wait and see what the court decision is. In the meantime, the governor has advised those, you know, parents to wait, let the let the court case uh, go through, and wait for the court's decision. And in the meantime, just follow, you know, your local school board decision until, you know, something happens. Until we hear what the courts want. Now, you know, the there. If I may say this. I've covered a lot of politics in my career, uh, beginning at the city council level on through. I have to tell you, uh, not in any presidential and uh, vice presidential ticket, uh, no, t no ticket that I can think of at any level, have I seen what appears to be, at least to me, great uh, harmony amongst you, the governor, the attorney general. Uh, you all look like right now, from the day that you took office, you're together, uh, and uh, and that there is no daylight uh, between you. Well, we campaign together, you see, and you know we know each other, and we all wanted the same thing. You know, you just want to be left alone. Can you just live your life and let me live my life? And you know, it's that live and let live type of a thing. You know. Uh, it's all about liberty. And we just, you know, the Democrats just went a bridge too far. It, we, they just threw so much at us. And the people said, wait a minute, we had Democrats who voted for us. We had independent leaning Democrats who voted for us because they were sick and tired of it too. It just felt so constricted in, in, in Virginia. And you saw it in the rest of the country. So we ran as a ticket. Um, even though, you know, anything could have happened to uh, either one of us, you know, we all could have lost or one of us could have wanted the other. So, but we had a unified message. We want the schools open, no more shutdowns. We wanted to, to be left alone. We're going to run on lower taxes. We wanted uh, Virginia to be open for business. We wanted less regulation. The children aren't learning. We want options for our children to go to school. Uh, you know, we, we ran on freedom. So there you have it. And that's why we won, we believe. Well, I have to, I have to believe that you're exactly right. Uh, because normally uh, there would be some appearance uh, from people taking up office. And I'm not talking about necessarily governor and lieutenant governor, but uh, where people within the party uh, who prevail they seem to think of themselves as the winner and you all clearly, and I include the governor in this uh, also remarkably, uh, he doesn't, uh, it's the old expression, he doesn't come across as thinking he's all that. He may be some of that, but he knows very well he's not all of that. And that's uh, a very great attitude to see on the part of each one of you. I, I think it's because we started pr with prayer. Uh, the very first time uh, that all three of us got together, it was the governor, Glenn Youngkin, who called us through on a Zoom because, you know, that's kind of how we meet more often uh, than not nowadays. And right. back in May at the convention. And he just, you know, he said, let's pray. 
And he would normally start with prayer and we would meet uh, once a week. And one of us would finish in prayer. Either myself would finish in prayer or Jason would finish in prayer. And you saw what this governor did. When we were inaugurated, the day we were inaugurated, he had the three of us, all three of us come down and pray. He prayed. The governor prayed for wisdom and prayed for the people of Virginia. I have always wondered, what would it look like if the leader of a country prayed publicly? I don't have to wonder anymore. I saw Glenn Youngkin pray. Well, God bless all three of you. Uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, revelation to all of us. I was unaware of that uh, and makes me like e each of you all the more. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan right now of the Commonwealth of Virginia for putting you all in office and for uh, protecting parents and, as you say, putting freedom first. Uh, and and your, your comment about, you know, let's just let each other live our lives uh, instead of being having this nonsense uh, that uh, primarily the uh, radical Dems are trying to shove down the throats of everyone in this country. I've never seen the like of it. I have never. Uh, and I think that we also are seeing, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, I think we're also seeing a major, major pushback that could well have begun uh, with your elections in Virginia. Well, you remember one of the additional things that the Democrats were pushing, or you know, enough of them anyway, was to defund the police. That was another thing that didn't make sense to most of the voters. If we get rid of the police, who pray tell is going to protect us? Who are you going to call? You know, and so not it, it was just common sense common sense things and 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 you know getting rid of qualified immunity that the the police need in order to be effective in their jobs we just had two policemen shot dead right and and all they did was show up for work my god you go to work and you can die so that was another thing as i said that people were just sick and tired of and they elected common sense common sense liberty loving uh candidates and we're trying to fulfill those campaign promises to loosen the grip that some of these democrats have put on us and, and then the other thing is we know what we're seeing we were watching places being looted places buildings being burnt and folks you know on other all the other stations were saying oh it's just a little protest what the place is on fire, you know? So yeah, enough people just said, that's it, we're out. Got to yeah. vote for the Republicans this time. I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, what, what do you uh, think of uh, your platform now as you're governing, you've moved from campaigning to governing. Uh, how confident are you uh, as to how much you all can get, get done for the Commonwealth? Well, you know, it's going to be a little bit difficult as, you know, change is is difficult for some people. Sure. <clears throat> the Democrats in Virginia have had eight years where, you know, four years of one governor, another four years of another governor. So the boards are full of Democrats and, you know, we're not throwing people off just because they're Democrats. But, you know, we have the helm now. And unfortunately, it's it's taking some time to move through. But We've only been in office, what, 15 days? <laughs> so we've got, what, uh, three years and uh, 10, 11 months to go. 
So we've got time to make changes and, you know, it's not going to take all, all that time. It will happen. As you know, the Republicans also won the House back, but we did not win the Senate because the Senate was not up yet. It'll be up in two years. Um, so the state Senate. So we hope to win some seats back there and then we'll fully have the help. Now, the previous lieutenant governor did uh, break tie votes. I think there were two 52 ties that he, he broke and he broke it. Of course, the Democrats wait. I'm hoping to get the same amount so that I can break it for us for common sense, for reasonableness, you know, for just liberty, just liberty. Well, I got the feeling that uh, you're not only ready, but <laughs> you are you are eager uh, to break some ties and to bring uh, Virginia back into the 21st century. Uh, it's it, it's stunning to look back over the, the previous uh, administration. Uh, the previous officials that held your jobs and think what Virginia had to go through. I, I want to ask you very quickly here, and I know you're uh, close, close on time, uh, but I'd like to get your sense of how you think the country is going to move in this midterm election. Uh, you are, as well as uh, an office holder, a very good politician, so we'd like your insight on what the rest of us around the country, what you, what you see happening and what you expect. Well, I'm noticing that um, uh, uh, Madam Vice President had another person leave her staff. So there's something happening. And I think the Democrats are sensing that all is not well on their side and that the people are fed up. You know, the, you tell us to get the vaccines, you know, we get the vaccine and, and, and then we get boosted and folks are still getting COVID. They have had information. They tell us, follow the science. They've known all this time that these masks aren't, don't work in the way that they've told us. You know, uh, right. the cloth masks, certainly. It's really the N95 masks that do work. And, you know, it, none of it just doesn't make sense. It, and then if you've had COVID, um, why do I need to get the vaccine if, if I'm supposed to be protected from COVID? Well, I've already had it. You know, that sort of a thing the people right. are saying. So I, I think they're going to get, you know, I don't know if they're going to get a walloping, but I, I believe that Nancy Pelosi will not be the Speaker of the House, and that'll be just quite all right with us. Hey, Governor, you are, uh, uh, you lived up to your name. Uh, you are delightful to talk with, and <laughs> I appreciate the, the opportunity. I hope you'll come back soon and we can uh, take up further developments as the year progresses. Uh, and I know that uh, Virginia is in for much better times because of you. Uh, we appreciate it, Governor. On this broadcast, we always give our guests the last word. So please, if you will. Yes, I've always said, you know, you can disagree, but you don't have to be disagreeable. We can pass laws and be civil about it and move on. We don't, you know, have to be at each other's throats and we don't have to encourage racial wars and religious wars. And it just it doesn't make any sense. And the people are tired of it. You know, when did it ever get this bad? So let's le let each other be. You live your life. Leave the other guy alone. How about that? I think that uh, this is a good place for me to say amen. And I appreciate <laughs> it. Governor, thanks so much. Uh, I Really, uh, I wish you all the very best of luck. Uh, I know you're going to be immensely successful, and I know that the Commonwealth of Virginia will be well served 
uh, with you in office. Thanks so much for being with us. God bless you. Uh, and thanks again. Thank you, sir. Take care. And goodbye Thank to your view, your listeners. Thank you very much. And listeners, we will continue in just a moment on The Great America Show. Stay with us. And now, as advertised, as promised, here is Mr. New York, the man himself, the legend, Mark Simone. Mark, oh, great to man. have you with us. Great to be back. I listen every every time to every podcast. And I love it. Well, terrific. We appreciate that, Mark, and uh, and vice versa. Mark is not only an in, an inimitable uh, radio uh, personality and celebrity and uh, across the country, but also a podcast uh, guru and uh, one of the early adopters, as they say. Uh, or is that adapter? I can never quite get that right. Adapter or adopter, Mark? Which I'm still working that? on inimitable both. <laughs> You, you were nice to add a syllable as I did, but I, I <laughs> when I use the word, that'll teach me. Uh, Mark, it is great to have you here. Let's start with probably the biggest controversy raging right now in the country. Uh, and that, of course, is Joe Rogan and Spotify uh, and all that is ensuing uh, over uh, the withdrawal of, uh, you know, uh, just a number of uh, artists from Spotify because Joe Rogan had the temerity to exist. Uh, what do you what do you make of it all? Well, first of all, the whole thing is uh, just a big misunderstanding. Joe Rogan is not a real conservative. In fact, he supported Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Joe, Joe Rogan is quite liberal, so it's not a you know, they've, they've created this illusion of this crazy conservative anti-vaxxer. He's not even anti-vaccine. He's, he's recommended a million times on the show for people to get the vaccine. But if you listen to Rogan, he's all over the map. One day he's talking to Jerry Seinfeld. The next episode, it's some wrestler. The next episode, it's a politician. He just anything and everything for guests. And one day he had two doctors on who are anti-vaccine. And, and that's not unusual. Long before this pandemic right. You know, these mothers had a kids had to get a vaccine to go to school. A lot of them were against it. It's it's a, if you're a talk show host, I could see that being a good segment. Let's have some anti-vaccine people, in this case, doctors with credentials. Let them explain their point of view. Uh, but, uh, you know, these people now, the, the woke left, they're like North Korea. Any disagreement, they're going to lock you up and that's it. You're. You go to jail. You're you're done, and the next thing is a firing squad with uh, anti-aircraft. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it, it's 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 really extraordinary to watch this. And the two doctors that Mark is talking about are Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone. Both of them, uh, Malone, one of the inventors of mRNA, that is the basis for the primary vaccines. Uh, whether it's uh, Pfizer or whether it's Moderna, uh, mRNA is the, the basic underlying architecture uh, for the vaccine. And they are, and Dr. McCullough is one of the most published uh, physicians in the entire country. He's a cardiologist, by the way. And when he speaks to the issue of myocarditis uh, in involving the vaccine as, and, and the side effects that primarily uh, for young males, uh, he knows where he speaks without question. Uh, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's just a friend of mine who doesn't have a, any expertise that's anti-vax, sometimes I'll say, well, what is it about you that you're against the vaccine? I'm just curious to hear him on this subject for a few minutes. 
So this would, I would love to hear this segment with these doctors and just hear the other side. But well, we've, uh, we've had both of those doctors on, on the podcast. They're terrific. I mean, they're yeah. bright as they can be knowledgeable as they could possibly be. And they do have uh, some views that are counter medical establishment. And by the way, that's not all bad either, because the medical establishment, I mean, if we're going to have Spotify uh, put up uh, disclaimers, as uh, Joe Rogan has agreed to do, by the way, he apologized to the company, which I thought was ex ex exactly the right thing for him to do. And I know some of the audience will disagree, and that's fine. But I think he did the right thing uh, to just sort of de-escalate the thing. And at the same time, pursue, just as he has always done on his on his podcast, uh, a, a, a variety, an eclectic, as you pointed out, a number of issues and personalities and topics and subjects that are interesting and important, uh, including whether or not young people 5 to 11 should be vaccinated. It is an open question today, irrespective of the fact that uh, the FDA is giving permission for their vaccination. It's it's not a simple choice. It is a difficult assessment for parents uh, with all of the information left and right coming, uh, that is the political left and the political right, the medical establishment versus those who have a different view. I mean, if we put up disclaimers, Mark, uh, for every piece of information, the CDC would have disclaimers a mile long on, on some of the nonsense that they have spewed. Yeah, uh, you, absolutely irresponsible in its own right. You have to blame mainstream media from the New York Times, to the Washington Post, to Lester Holt, to all of these types. They've created this illusion that uh, the, the Rogan is some anti-vaxxing nut and that uh, uh, on principle, we all must oppose him, you know, uh, and to point to Neil Young, I, I've had to interview Neil Young a couple of times in my life. Filling five minutes with him is a real struggle. I mean, I, I wouldn't trust him to tell me what time it is. Who, who the hell would listen to Neil Young about anything? Uh, and if you're Spotify, you're, you, they pay Rogan a hundred million, which means they're making 400 million on his podcast. They make a dollar 50 every year on Neil Young. Who is he to start this fight? Well, and Joni Mitchell, uh, you know, I mean, I can't, I, you know, they, they know their business proposition far better than I ever will, but I don't quite get it. And, and the fact that two people would want to, and, and I'm sure that means that there are other artists who are also threatening to withdraw. So it will affect their, their business proposition. But in point of fact, Spotify's market cap, the value of its stock has dropped by about a half over the course of the past year, a half. Uh, it's about a $38 billion company now. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's had some other problems besides this. And one of the things that is not a problem is the Joe Rogan experience, let me tell you. Uh, he brings in a fortune for Spotify uh, and no one should uh, be under any other illusion. And if, by the way, Spotify wants to get rid of uh, this, uh, this onerous burden called <laughs> Joe Rogan, I'm sure that there are plenty of platforms out there wringing their hands in anticipation of his pleasant company. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever read Neil Young's uh, autobiography, I mean, he talks about his tremendous drug use, his drug addiction. I mean, this is not a guy who's shown good judgment about anything in the past. And uh, uh, I mean, you get Megan and Harry jumping in. Uh, you talk about misinformation. Uh, ask the <laughs> queen about these two. <laughs> 
Well, I, I love the fact that they're a big deal in this country, at least the popular media, uh, People Magazine and whatever other, you know, shows like that or magazines like that. Uh, it, Megan Markle for crying out loud and Harry, the sad prince are suddenly a big deal in this country. Does anybody remember we won the war of 1812? We won the revolutionary war. We detest monarchies and we detest those who aspire to go from prince to king or queen or whatever the heck the succession is over there. You know, they're going to have a bunch of people about a hundred years old vying for king of the, uh, uh, of Great Britain. It's it's just madness that we're putting up with this nonsense and nothing really moved until uh, Megan the Magnificent and Harry the Sad showed up. Yeah, well, the problem is Neil Young, the most irrelevant guy in the world, is suddenly headline news everywhere because of this. And this Megan Markle all day is trying to figure out how to get publicity. So she sees this. She jumps in on this. I'm surprised Fauci hasn't jumped in on this yet. Every publicity. Stand, now, stand by, Mark. Stand by. <laughs> Fauci never misses an opportunity. And this is big, as you say. Yeah. And Pete Buttigieg is looking at this thing. How can I get some press on this? How can I get on some shows here? <laughs> Oh my gosh! That that is what a combination that would be. That should be a panel show. Yeah, uh, Megan and the Sad Prince, uh, Buddha Judge Fauci. Who else could we put in there? Uh, well, Neil Young. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, it's oh my goodness! And to see this this unwind this way is just amazing, uh, because the fact is. Uh, it, the the vaccine isn't the solution. I mean, how many disclaimers will Pfizer and uh, the FDA and Moderna have to put out? Because we were told, remember, famously, 90% effective, 95% effective. Yeah. Well, that was just a little overestimate. Uh, it's effective pretty good for about three to six months, depending on your age and circumstance. And then it turns out you don't need one booster well, it looks like you could use four. And the least, the least number of fatalities in children and the most, uh, you know, the quickest uh, recovery from the disease is among children. And meanwhile, uh, they, they want to vaccinate children. It looks like, and I'm not saying this in any way is the case, but it has the strong appearance of big pharma looking for, uh, you know, a new target uh, market, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, and uh, big pharma, Fauci, I don't know what the financial uh, ties are there. but uh, uh, And I think the government, especially when uh, Democrats, this is a dream come true for them. Uh, ordering you to do things, ordering you what you'll take, ordering where you can go, what percent is allowed in a restaurant, when you're allowed to go to a restaurant. For the last two years, they've been in heaven with this uh, stuff. And, uh, you know, they'll decide when you wear a mask, when you take it off. This is democratic heaven. So uh, as this ends, and it looks like the uh, pandemic could be ending in the next few months, uh, I don't know what Democrats are going to try to do to keep this, this going. Who, who knows what they'll pull? Well, what I don't want to do is see another phone call between Fauci and the Chinese uh, communist uh, <laughs> medical uh, group. Uh, in Wuhan, I, I just don't want any more contact between them. It, 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 the last contact did not work out well for the United States and indeed the world. Uh, and right now, we still don't have a, an administration that is talking about holding the Chinese liable. 
and, and make, making them accountable for the, the 5 million deaths around the world, over 800,000 deaths in America. And you've got him talking, Biden talking on the phone with President Xi, and we still don't know what they said. Uh, did he ever say sorry? Even did one little apology for all the death and devastation that he's created, the, the economic disaster that the pandemic has been. Well, do you remember she even saying, hey, I, I'm just so sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> well, if you're going to have a commission, a panel, a Senate committee, a House committee, this should be the number one question. Where exactly did this come from? How did it get loose? What can be done to prevent it in the future? Uh, the economist Steve Moore today just said the U.S. has spent five trillion altogether on this pandemic. It's cost us five trillion. Um, she probably has that in his uh, pants pocket. So uh, some reimbursement uh, should be necessary. But the most important thing: this is the one thing a committee should investigate. Where did it come from, and how could we prevent this from ever getting loose again? Yeah, I mean, think about it, uh, Mark. I know you have, but we're talking about. Russia, Vladimir Putin and his forces massing on the eastern uh, uh, border of Russia, looking over at Poland and uh, Ukraine and Belarus, uh, maybe a few Baltic states, maybe we'll see what happens there. Uh, a big, a big threat. And you have President Zelensky of Ukraine telling Biden to slow down, calm down, don't panic. Uh, I don't believe the Russians are going to invade. You're being hysterical, he says, uh, of Biden. Uh, what, what a what a upside down world the Biden administration creates in almost every area, whether it's foreign policy, domestic policy, economics, you name it. Yeah, I think uh, you know all he's really threatened the uh, Russians with is uh, economic uh, sanction. I think they take that threat very seriously because they know one thing Biden knows how to do is destroy an economy if he if he sets his <laughs> mind to it. <laughs> so they don't. Uh, and I, I think uh, you, the Ukraine knows Biden. The Democrats are in tough shape heading into the midterms. They're worried about some wag the dog scenario. Uh, they might pull to try to save themselves. So uh, uh, I, I mean, I <laughs> can't blame them. They do not trust Biden to, to maneuver their way through this. Yeah, they were a little confused, I'm sure. Well, first of all, Biden sort of uh, started talking. You remember in that disastrous news conference, he said, well, you know, if it's a minor incursion where you could just talk about it, you know, if that wasn't a green light to Putin, what was? And so Putin gets the idea that he's got a green light and he looks at the U.S. borders and realizes borders don't mean anything anyway to President Biden. So why should I slow down at our own borders? We'll just open those up as well. So the tanks can just roll right on. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they're headed toward uh, uh, Germany to kind of hook up and, you know, you know, do some uh, payback for things that were, well, longstanding 80 years ago. Yeah. And the media makes all this possible because we still don't know what is the exact relationship between Ukraine and Hunter and Joe Biden, China's relationship with the Biden. We still don't know all of this and what kind of influence that could be having behind the scenes. Think about that. That's, you know, that's a great point, Mark, because what if this is all because Biden didn't, Hunter Biden didn't get the check some oligarch promised him and therefore 
you know, daddy, daddy Biden wants to roll a few tanks of his own into uh, Ukraine to kind of straighten things out. Or he's using Putin perhaps as a, as a hammer. You know, he's, uh, he's playing bagman uh, in Kiev. Uh, and uh, Putin says, well, this would be a good place for me. I'll be the enforcer. Uh, it, it could be that simple. Who knows? But one thing we do know, the president of Ukraine isn't worried about everything that suddenly uh, the Pentagon is just going nuts over. They got a chance to send 8,500 troops, the 82nd Airborne, to, to Eastern Europe. Wow, what an opportunity to get back in the game for the military. Those generals who couldn't win a war in Afghanistan, who uh, created a, a, a doctrine called the Long War Doctrine. Was it, that worked out brilliantly. So now they're just thrilled, I'm sure, to have an opportunity to send some troops and uh, lethal equipment uh, to Eastern Europe. It just goes on and on and on with this administration. Uh, let, let's, let's turn to uh, your Mr. New York. What <laughs> is happening in New York, is there's a crime rate that is going up faster than inflation, and it's got it's got to be scary to be in the Big Apple. It is very scary. Uh, we got a new district attorney who's one of these uh, Soros-funded lunatics who, oh, on his, not the second day, first day in office, puts out an order to everybody: we're going to decriminalize. Uh, you know, we've heard this before: decriminalize the turnstile jumpers. Uh, that kind of stuff. The mm -hmm. uh, okay, we've heard that, but but we never heard this kind of stuff. Uh, armed robbers, no prison time. Burglars, burglary, no prison time. Nobody's ever heard anything like this. So you've got armed robbers from around the country all quickly moving to New York to operate here now. Uh, you, you got uh, uh, criminals coming from all over the place. Uh, no prison time for shoplifting. We've got uh, shoplifters. There's one they found who's been uh, arrested and in the system. 40 times and released for the 40th time, cleaning out a, a Rite Aid. Uh, there's a Rite Aid drugstore that's gotten robbed so many times that they're going to have to close it down. They say they're losing 200000 a month through shoplifting. There's no reason to keep operating. Uh, and, and this lunatic district attorney, uh, I, I mean, you've got them. We've seen what happens in 20 other cities when this happens. It just leads to the most massive crime wave. We've got a, a new mayor. Oh, is he great at making speeches, speech after speech after speech? Meantime, he doesn't seem to get anything done. It's early, so we're hoping something happens. The governor can remove this crazy district attorney. I think she's going to be very slow about it, but she's given him a warning. But who knows if, if that even means anything? Well, he didn't even respond to the warning. He doesn't, and he's made no move uh, whatsoever to retract any of his, uh, you know, Throw, you know, give us the keys because uh, you're not going to need them in the uh, the local uh, the local jail in, in uh, Manhattan and the other boroughs. New York is wide open and open for business if if you're a criminal or have such instincts. Well, you know, inclinations. They, they got another problem. These maniacs are on the subway stations and they are throwing people into the subway tracks. Uh, and so the solution, the city is actually talking about this, putting up these plastic barriers on the subway, and that, <laughs> that means when the maniac throws you, you'll hit this plastic wall and bounce off. I'm, I'm not a crime expert, but I would say 
take the maniacs out of the subway station. Don't try to come up with barriers to block the throw. They'll end up throwing you over the barrier. I mean, it, a, a, a five-year-old could go into the subway station and see the maniacs. Just get rid of them. Take them out of the station. You can see those uh, those criminal uh, geniuses uh, waiting to pitch uh, some poor defenseless uh, woman uh, out over the tracks, you know, with a one of those acetylene torches cutting through the plastic, so he could uh, pitch whomever he wanted out of the tracks. Uh, it's it's really so simple, isn't it? All you have to do is respect law and order, and all law and order requires is enforcement of the laws. But that doesn't occur to the geniuses who are socialist Marxist idiots running the city of New York. And I mean, all of them are, it's impossible to define them as anything other than lower than snakes bellies. Uh, uh, it's, it's a horrific group of people. I'll see that uh, uh, you may not like these guys if you're a Democrat, but you got Rudy Giuliani, who is one thing about him. He's the world expert on how to clean up crime in New York City. You got Ray Kelly, who's our longest serving police commissioner, kept the streets safe for years. Call these guys, go meet with them. They'll show you what to do. They'd be happy to. Uh, but in, in, you know, this the mayor puts out a 16 page plan on fighting crime. Uh, 13 pages of it are fluff. He has an introduction, a table of contents, a conclusion this is all to fill up 10 pages then he's got things like a neighborhood safety program i i, I yeah. thought that's what the nypd was supposed to be a summer jobs program we already have all these things but it wasn't detailed enough and that's what worries me yeah summer jobs programs let's go back to the war on poverty uh, 1965 for crying out loud yeah. <laughs> uh how did how did that work out and if it worked out so well, why did you abandon it? How many times now and how many trillions of dollars later? Uh, they're doing absolutely nothing for people who need the help the most. Uh, and that is underserved uh, is the expression underserved minorities uh, in, in New York City. Uh, it, it is absolutely a, a city that is in rapid decline. Uh, and I don't know where it ends. If it does, in fact, end. Uh, where are, where is New York city headed? Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, the midterm elections, if Democrats just get slaughtered and, and they turn, turns out it was the crime issue had a lot to do with it. Uh, th there are adults in the room in this democratic party. Th these are the real culprits, guys like Chuck Schumer been there 40 years. They're, they're supposed to be the grownups. They're supposed to be the common sense people, but they're so terrified of these woke people that they're acting like this too. They, they're the ones that should stand up to them. And uh, ho hopefully uh, a new crop of Democrats will rise. Uh, we've got uh, one Democratic candidate for governor, Tom Suozzi, who's a common sense, uh, middle of the road, crime fighting guy. Hopefully the guys like that will will rise up and, and win some elections. It's it's really uh, tough stuff. And, and New York is in the grip of a psychosis uh, that is is now obviously afflicting other parts of the nation. Uh, whether it's uh, a president who decides to appoint a black female to the Supreme Court uh, and the rhinos go crazy because it's affirmative action. And I'm wondering how, what the confusion is on the part of the of the right. The purpose of affirmative action was to make beneficiaries of those minorities, specifically African-Americans. And they've done so in colleges, universities, in, job, uh, in jobs, in hiring, promotion. 
Uh, and this, if the result of this is indeed a, uh, a highly exceptional justice sitting, associate justice sitting on the Supreme Court, that means that, in fact, affirmative action worked. So why are the Democrats and the left uh, so upset that Republicans take note that affirmative action worked? Well, I don't I don't get it. Do you? Yeah, well, when you do a cheap pandering gimmick, you're not supposed to point it out to everything. You're supposed to be able to get away with this. But it's, uh, it's yeah, the Supreme Court is the most important court in the land. You want the most brilliant justice in America. You don't want a Joe Biden looking for uh, political points, checking boxes. It has to be a, you know, a fat woman from Kentucky with red hair. You don't want these ridiculous uh, categories that narrow it down. Uh, and we've had women on the Supreme Court. We've had black justices. So uh, now you got to combine two things. And there's a couple of problems with the Supreme Court. One is this uh, by category. And the other thing is you got to pick the top judges in America. And they generally tend to be over 60 because that's how they became the top judge, years of wisdom. But now it's also got to be somebody 40 years old so that the seat is safe for uh, 40 years. So you're getting judges with a lot less experience than we used to pick. Uh, not to mention now it's got to be uh, categories, checking boxes. So right. it's lowering the quality of our court, Supreme Court. Yeah. And and the Biden White House is using the expression. The court has got to look a lot like America. OK, if it's going to look a lot like America, uh, more than half should be white. More than half should be female. Uh, almost half should be Hispanic and 12 to 15 percent should be black. <laughs> I mean, who's kidding who here what's yeah. going on uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna make america the the uh the template for the supreme court and go with nothing but group and identity uh politics that's what it should be right oh yeah all of this comes back to the media covering for him you know they should be reporting that basically what he's saying is he refuses to consider an asian he refuses to consider a hispanic it's got to be a black female uh, and, and the media just lets this go. They just if they went after him like they went after Donald Trump, everything would change immediately. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of, of racial issues, uh, the, <laughs> the Black Lives Matter, it turns out no one's running the place. No one. Well, we didn't even we don't know that it's a place. It's a group. It's an organization. But nobody knows where the money's gone. They don't know where the leaders have gone. They do know that they bought the former headquarters. <laughs> I love this of the of the Canadian Communist Party. <laughs> now, I you need to explain that one to me, Mark, because even I, I, I can't even think on the outer fringes of American society why anyone would want to go buy the Canadian Communist Party headquarters, what kind of totem symbol uh, is that to the to the Marxist left? Well, you know, I, I, Martin Luther King Day, I was I, I, you read about Martin Luther King and when he died, they have nobody was greater at leading a movement than him. When he died, he didn't have a penny. In fact, he owed money when he died. He never made a penny off everything. Then you get, uh, you know, like an Al Sharpton type of uh, supposedly a civil rights leader. But meantime, a lot of money's flown in. Then you get Black Lives Matter. I mean, th these were geniuses at money making. Uh, reports 
up to a billion dollars. This leader of a Black Lives Matter bought four houses. This one has five houses. I noticed we never heard from them again once this money came in and they held all these houses. They seem to have disappeared. But there's an old saying in Washington. I think this is what whatever starts as a movement always turns into a business and then eventually becomes a racket. And I think that's what we've seen here. Yeah, that's an interesting way to, to look at it. And I think you're right. Uh, BLM is such a such a peculiar organization and unique in that in that corporate America has moved so far left that it is supporting Black Lives Matter has been. Uh, I can't tell you what the the latest uh, funding is, but they were pushing the same philosophy, the same Marxist philosophy in their HR departments, corporate America was. And now suddenly they can't find the leaders. And it, it seems to me that many of the companies that were funding Black Lives Matter in the name of, quote unquote, social justice may have to, well, they face some class action lawsuits by their shareholders because they certainly weren't uh, following any any requirement of uh, fiduciary duty and and throwing a lavish amount of money at an organization that, as far as I can tell, most of its contributions were to street violence uh, and demonstrations. Yeah, and it was just absolute fear, panic, total fear. It just It's like you're handing money over to, uh, you know, it's almost like a ransom here, just go away, leave us alone. These are the same CEOs that would fight to the death any union or <laughs> battle uh, unions to the death. But this, they just went into panic and handed over uh, everything. Uh, you know, and it's the same thing with the news organ. You know, all these uh, totally corrupt, biased news organizations are owned by corporations like AT&T and Comcast. And you'd think they'd want to stop that. Just stay in the middle where where you could uh, appeal to everybody. But they're just panicked. They won't do anything about it. Yeah. It, and corporate America. Uh, it, it's it's so, so obvious. And so many millions of Americans will not acknowledge what is staring them in the face. And that is a corporate uh, uh, America that is filled with Marxists, filled with uh, oligarchs who have come together in the ownership of major media, left-wing media, and they are running it. And that left-wing media, they're no longer journalists. They are corporate propagandists doing the bidding of their boardroom masters sitting at a uh, holding company, uh, whether it is uh, you know, it, the parent company of uh, ABC News is Disney, uh, Comcast uh, of NBC, and, and, and the list goes on. Uh, Disney at ABC News. It, it's terrible what this, this country's media has devolved to in the hands of the oligarchs, the billionaires, and the vast media and entertainment companies that own now, uh, what, 90% of the media that people are consuming. And uh, only Donald Trump had said he would break up big tech and go after those anti-competitive practices of corporate America. And guess where, you know, he is now sitting there waiting for his next turn in 2024 as a result of taking those those people on. Both parties scared to death because he was not controllable and meant business when he said uh, America is going to uh, repair to its founding values. 
Well, and you cannot find, you know, there was 24 seven just going after Donald Trump for every little thing. You can't find anything they accused him of that Biden and the Democrats haven't done on a much greater scale. Well, and, and, the, and the truth is, Mark, they found nothing. I mean, two phony impeachments, uh, how many, 22 months of a special counsel investigation before that, a year of an FBI investigation, including while he was a candidate for crying out loud, and then to persecute him at the local and state level, whether it's the New York attorney general, the Manhattan district attorney, uh, and now they're trying to cook up something in Georgia with uh, some, I will put it this way, slightly biased local prosecutors. Uh, it goes on and on. And the Republican Party won't stand up for the man who is the very symbol of the Republican Party uh, and taught them how to fight. That is President Donald Trump. It's the Republican Party has got to get beyond this current leadership, whether it's on Capitol Hill or in the Republican National Committee, don't you think? Yeah. You know, that Manhattan district attorney made such a big deal out of getting a hold of Trump's tax returns. It was millions of pages. They put it on the news. Every newscast had the truck, the moving van with all the tax returns, the forklift, bringing them up. They brought in forensic accountants for four months to go through those tax returns. Then you never heard about it again. There was no news story about that. They found nothing. They were clean as a whistle. There was nothing there. Investigation dropped. Our attorney general in New York uh, announced a big, massive uh, investigation against Donald Trump. She actually announced a couple of weeks ago that they got him. He overstated the square footage of his apartment. Lester yep. Holt led with that story. <laughs> That's a news story. That's every real estate ad in New York. They always overstate the square footage. <laughs> They're going to do that. And, and guess what? Uh, those poor banks uh, that the uh, <laughs> the Manhattan DA said, you know, Donald Trump uh, just absolutely uh, projected a different value uh, than uh, we found, as if there there weren't uh, assessors uh, working for the banks, there weren't uh, property experts working for the banks. Uh, suddenly, they've got to be protected by. A, a DA who can't even spell square footage. Uh, you know, what, what was his name? Vance? Cy uh, Vance. Yeah. I, I, I mean, God, Lord, what a, what a just sick joke he was. Uh, and uh, apparently the new fellow is going to try to uh, follow in his footsteps. It, it just, and the Republican Party won't act. Uh, decent citizens. Uh, and, and of course, corporate America normally would be a countervailing influence to all of this to stop the nonsense. They're saying, go for it. Uh, it's it's that simple. You know, they even uh, the same attorney general put in handcuffs and perp walk a Trump organization CFO. Yep. They found him using a company car. Now, I assume every CFO everywhere is using a company car. It's not a scandal. Uh, but. No, the media goes along with this. Joe Biden could smuggle in millions of people in the dead of night. No mention. But so, so speaking of Joe Biden, Mark, the U.S. attorney document, a uh, fascinating report in Breitbart, uh, in which uh, it turns out the IRS issued grand journey subpoenas to J.P. Morgan uh, for Hunter and James Biden bank records and an investigation of the Biden family's China connections. And that was in May of 2019. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like everybody else. First, I didn't know that. Nobody let us know that. And secondly, what happened? Where, where did it go? 
Well, and why hasn't there been uh, some exposure of what is, I think, the biggest cover-up since, well, uh, well, for 60 years, anyway. Again, Lester Holt did a whole opening on Donald Trump overstating the square footage of his apartment. You'll never see this Hunter Biden subpoena story uh, on Lester Holt. If you do, it'll be at the end of the newscast for 10 seconds. But uh, it turns out it's the Delaware U.S. attorney, uh, Weiss was right. his name. He decided this should be quiet. No mention of it. Keep it under wraps because of the election. And the swamp guy, uh, Bill Barr, attorney general at the time, uh, okays that plan. And he decides to keep it quiet. They said uh, it's not something you want to mention before the election. Well, that's no. exactly when we needed to know it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want the people to know things when they go to vote. Uh, yeah. Like the contents of Hunter Biden's uh, laptop, for example, or what Peter Schweizer, the author of the, the terrific new book, it's a blockbuster runaway bestseller uh, called Red Handed. Uh, $31 million end up in the pockets, and that's just what we know about uh, in the reporting of Peter Schweizer uh, that ends up in the, the bank accounts of the Biden family. This is worth knowing. And and we have to wait till what, over a year from the election uh, to be apprised of this. It's, it's, it, it is absolutely a, an incalculable uh, harm uh, to the body politic and uh, our electoral system that Biden's campaign was managed the way it was from the, uh, well, from the executive suites of media companies deciding what will and what will not be known by the American people before voting. Uh, it's stunning stuff. Yeah. And when we find out there was a subpoena for Hunter Biden and his partners, obviously, obviously he would have told his father, Joe Biden. And we're supposed to believe Biden never got into contact with the uh, U.S. attorney in Delaware or with Bill Barr, these two old Washington guys, or or there was some back channel communication. We're supposed to believe he did. Biden did nothing about it. Yeah. And and are we supposed to believe that he, Joe Biden, and President Xi Jinping aren't uh, aren't buddies, and uh, that Biden isn't a faithful acolyte uh, of his uh, of Xi Jinping's entrepreneurial largesse? He shares the wealth with his good friends in the West, whether they're on Wall Street or in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, apparently. Mark, you get the last word here today. We appreciate you being with us, and uh, we've uh, taken quite a stroll through corrupt America, haven't we? Yeah, well, uh, in conclusion, uh, we used to, in the talk show business, have to struggle every day to come up with a topic. What could we talk about? Now, every time you turn around, the most insane, crazy thing in the world is going on. We've, I haven't had to think of a topic for five years now. It, 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 I mean, it, it, this news is crazier than anything I've anybody's ever seen in, in uh, their lifetime. And absolutely. And uh, I don't think that we're going to see it improve much uh, in the next short while. Uh, we can hope otherwise. We can pray otherwise. Uh, but it uh, it looks like certainly uphill work to get there. Mark Simone, Mr. New York. Great to have you with us, my friend. Thanks so much. And be sure to uh, join Mark uh, for his broadcast and for his podcast uh, and for everything Mr. New York does uh, in the name of, well, freedom and excellence. Fair, fair statement, Mark? Uh, thanks a lot. And uh, <laughs> a great honor to be on one of my very favorite podcasts. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. All the best. 
Join us again tomorrow for the Great America Podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.